I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy, Akil Ambition Phillips, and welcome to another episode of the Netizen Watch News Report. And we're starting off with January 31st. Now, actually, we got to go back a couple of days because the very day that I recorded our last episode, the way that our stuff is set up, I get some news from January 30th mixed in with January 29th. You might say why that is. Well, different time zones, different things going on. But one of the things that happened last week on January 29th that I couldn't get into Last week's Netizen uh, Watch news report was the congressional hearing where there was testimony from the FBI director, Christopher Wray, the CISA director, which is Critical Infrastructure Security Agency uh, director, uh, which was Jen Easterly. And she actually had just went through a swatting attempt at her own uh, public resident or personal residence um, where some SWAT was called on her house based on a bomb threat, right? Or uh, basically it's a type of cyber attack where somebody calls in a bomb threat or some sort of uh, active shooter or something of that nature and have the police called into your house, which is pretty interesting that the CISA uh, director was targeted. And the other person who was a part of this testimony to the uh, house was the National Cyber Director, Henry Coker. Now, these three heavy hitters in the cybersecurity industry went ahead and said how uh, there is a credible cyber threat in the CCP. That's the Chinese Communist Party. And they have the date 2027 circled on their calendar. So we are uh, preparing to rebuttal from that 2027 uh, date. Now, if you know anything about the way that the uh, Chinese Communist Party a party does their thing with war and threats of cyber attacks, uh, what the thought process is or the prevalent thought process is, is that they may be trying to make a move on Taiwan in 2027 and that the uh, preemptive uh, cyber attacks that are seen around the United States critical infrastructure or the set up for said cyber attacks are there solely as a response to those issues. So very interesting stuff going on there. Now, there was also some additional things mentioned, such as uh, Volt Typhoon, and that's where we're going to kick off uh, today. We're going to start talking about Volt Typhoon and the uh, interplay that it has with that a congressional hearing, plus this dark reading article that says feds reportedly tried to disrupt Volt Typhoon attack uh, infrastructure. So it says the China link tra uh, threat actor attacks the U.S. critical infrastructure organizations have alarmed American intelligence officials. So this is why that hearing was going on. Let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit more. It says the U.S. government, in collaboration with private sector stakeholders, has been quietly working to disrupt the attack infrastructure of Volt Typhoon, a dangerous China-linked threat group associated with numerous attacks targeted at the U.S. infrastructure or U.S. critical infrastructure since at least mid-2021. Now, one of the things that our legislator and that collaborative government uh, agency got right was they didn't blame the Chinese people. They blamed the Chinese government. Uh, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, was really uh, on point to say that it's not the fault of Chinese Americans who have been contributing to the fight for diversity.
university freedom here in the U.S., but it is the fault of the Chinese government that brings the people into their petty squabble. So you are going to be able to find that article posted down below, right? Uh, and as always, fuck you, goddamn Pooh Bear looking motherfucker, just attacking people's freedoms. Why? Why you don't want people to be free, huh? Why you don't want people to be free? Have you ever thought about that? When you sit down in your chair at night with all of the tea in China, do you ever ask yourself, why don't I want people to be free? Sad. Sad. Now let's go ahead and continue on, right? These are just jokes, of course. Let's talk about Cactus Ransomware and the strikes. Uh, says says Cactus Ransomware strikes Snyder Electric. So Snyder's sustainability division, which provides software and consulting services to enterprises, was felled by cyber criminals in mid-January. So Snyder Electric has fallen victim to a cyber attack affecting its sustainability business division. Right? Let's go ahead and read a little bit more into this one. Says uh, Snyder Electric is a world leader in industrial manufacturing, be it equipment for industrial automation or and control systems, building automation and energy storage. Don't mind me, that's just my millennial coffee in a can, right? Now, it says that, that the breach was disclosed on January 17th. Um, and was limited only to its sustainability division, right? That's pretty interesting. Um, so it's critical infrastructure, but trying to attack its sustainability division, I wonder how much about uh, how much of that is trying to understand the process for continuity of operations and then attacking that process. So this is pretty interesting when you go ahead and take a look at it. This is what we need to know about the Cactus ransomware. It says Cactus isn't even a year old yet. Um, Having first arrived on the ransomware scene last March, um, boom, boom, boom. According to data from the NCC group shared with Dark Reading via email, Cactus has been claiming double-digit victims nearly every month since last July. Its busiest stretch thus far has been from September when it took 33 scalps in December 29 uh, and in December 29 scalps, making it the busiest uh, the busiest or uh, the second busiest group during that period behind only Lockbit. And for those of you who don't know, Lockbit 3.0 is the go-to when it comes to ransomware. Very interesting stuff here. Let's go ahead and see what else we have. Uh, there are There is mention of a white paper associated with this uh, paper or this particular article. Again, that is Cactus Ransomware Strikes Snyder Electric, written by Nate Nelson from dark reading go check that out they do have a white paper attached let's go ahead and dive down a little bit further we have avanti zero day patches delayed as crusty loader attacks mount uh we've talked i think we talked about crusty loader a little bit before so i'm not going to go back in uh and that crusty loader one is mentioned several times but here's one that i do want to talk about it says the sec won't let CISOs be right um so let's talk about that one because 
Look, they really are kind of stretching it. Uh, during that congressional hearing, Jen Easterly, the CISA director, was uh, made it a point to make sure that we heard how many times she said, hey, it's the fault of software manufacturers. So when she kept saying software developers, she wasn't actually talking about the programmers and the full stack developers. She was talking about the manufacturers of the software and how they're building this unsafe software, boo-hoo and baha bunk, right? Uh, but it's much more complicated than that. I'm not criticizing her. Obviously, who the who who the fuck am I to judge, right? But what I am saying is that it would be short-sighted to not mention how culture is what comes into play here, right? And you might be saying, "What do you mean, Akil?" Here's the thing that. Uh, the United States culture is based on a consumerism and consumerism is based on instant gratification. So if you go to the consumer and you say it's going to take eight weeks, they find another quote that says it's going to take six weeks. And now you have to find a way to beat out that six weeks, making your uh, process four weeks long, which is half the amount of time. What do you think gets cut out in order to meet the consumer expectations? So this is a problem of uh, consumer culture. So when the SEC, which has been uh, making the news for uh, the 96 hour um, breach notification law that is recently been pointed out, that's not a problem. 96 hours, not that big of a deal, right? But going after CISOs um, who run security organizations, I know the expectation is that these guys have a better handle on security, but it's a lot more complicated than just kind of arresting a guy with a C in his uh, title, right? Um, CISO, the chief information security officer, doesn't make them the chief executive officer. And why are these guys the only guys that are going to jail? When you explain that one to me, then it'll all make sense. But let's go ahead and try to make sense of it, right? I'm, I'm not um, standing on one side versus the other. So let me see if I can try to make sense out of this side. It says the SEC isn't giving uh, SAS a free pass. Applicable public companies known as registrants are now subject to cyber incident disclosure and cybersecurity readiness requirements for data stored in SAS systems. Ooh. As much as I was just complaining, this does definitely open up a arm for my entrepreneurs out there. If you are a uh, cybersecurity professional, what this means is that your VCSOs, you guys that are doing your virtual CISOs as a service um, roles, uh, you definitely have a lot of uh, meat to pick off of this bone. They're talking about CICD and how these processes have been attacked pretty frequently. And I was just listening to another um news uh well i don't even think it was news i think it was a bug bounty program talking about how to uh attack cicd and it talked majority of looking for like things like jenkins or uh those sort of things so let's see what this uh article mentions about it here and then we'll move on it says the breach of circle ci for example, meant countless enterprises with SaaS to SaaS connections uh, to industry-leading CICD tools were put at risk. The same holds true for organizations connected to uh, Qlik, Sense, Okta, LastPass, similar SaaS tools. Okay, so this is really talking about supply chain attacks as they apply to our software supply chain. Definitely an article to check out one more time. That's the SEC won't let CISOs be, right? Uh, let's go ahead and keep pushing. Um, here we have Telegram Marketplace 
fuels phishing attacks with easy to use kits and malware. Ooh, let's go ahead and check that one out. Telegram is selling uh, easy to use tools. There's a nice little um, ransomware, not ransomware, but phishing um, money graphic here where you have $230 spent. Uh, we'll go ahead and get you 100,000 emails sent. And that will get you at least two emails or basically they're saying $230 spent could make you $2,300. Uh, this is something that I'd be very interested in uh, breaking down with somebody who does financial analytics for marketing and seeing what their opinion of the profitability of cybercrime is. If you look at this one here. Uh, it has emails sent, inbox reach, links clicked, the details entered, valid details, and sellback. So it's creating like this digital crime funnel. Um, and it's really interesting if you've studied marketing at all. So definitely check out that article that Telegram Marketplace fuels phishing attacks with easy to use kits and malware. Let's go ahead and read a little bit further. It said in April of 2023, Kapersky revealed how fishers create telegram channels to educate newbies about phishing as well as advertise bots uh, that can automate the uh, process of creating phishing pages for harvesting sensitive information such as logging credentials. Yeah, so um Cybercrime automation, folks. It's only a $10 trillion annual problem or approaching $10 trillion annually. Let's go ahead and automate it because Lord knows cyber criminals are wasting too much time doing things manually. Who wants to actually steal the old way when you can just get a bot to do it? You fuckers, right? You dirty fuckers, right? Stop stealing from people's grandmas, right? Now let's go ahead and uh, push on. What's our next article going to be? Uh, mm, recognizing security as a strategy, uh, strategic component of business. Uh, if you don't get that by now, we're just going to move on. Recognize security as a strategic component of business. Sounds like a good article, but we're just going to move on just because I don't feel like that should be the thing we focus on here. But let's go ahead and talk about this one. Run C flaws enable container escapes, granting attackers host access. That one's some dirty work. That's some filthy work right there. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So we have four CVEs. That's uh, common vulnerabilities and exposures. That's 2024, 21626, 2024, 23651, 2024, 23652, and 2024, 23653. All four collectively dubbed the leaky vessel uh, common vulnerabilities and exposures and were released by our cybersecurity vendor SNCC. So you have, if you have their automation CICD tool that's checking your repository, then you're in good shape there, right? Now, what this does is it gives us uh, an ability to go ahead and pivot out of our containers into an environment that isn't so locked down. I want you to imagine application cell containers like individual cells in a prison, right? Those individual prisoners have their own bathroom, their own kits, and all of the uh, things that they need. But imagine if one of those prisoners stole the keys from the guard and could go to any other prison block that they wanted. If you don't know what that would be like, um, imagine pandemonium. Imagine pandemonium. 
pandemonium. So that's what Leaky Vessel is essentially doing. It's saying that a hacker can get in, steal the keys uh, to all of the cells, and for all intents and purposes, create a motherfucking prison riot, right? So that's what we have there. Let's go ahead and move on. That was news from January 1st, or sorry, February 1st. Run C enables an, uh, enable container escapes, granting attackers host access. Let's go ahead and move on. There's another one here that could serve as a uh, insights. It could show as a sampling size for some of the concerns of the uh, of that congressional hearing that we mentioned earlier. Fulton County suffers power outage as cyber attack continues. So if we get the news from those suffering here in uh, Fulton County, and obviously my heart goes out to those people, uh, obviously having your way of life impacted is no small laughing manner, uh, matter. But let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit better. Um, if you want to understand the way that the American people are going to react to, to a threat that will affect their quality of life and their day-to-day -day life, whether they can get on the subway or whether they can access their bank accounts, this one might be the one to go ahead and look at. It says, as Fulton County in Georgia continues to experience a cyber attack and a power outage, government systems are offline. It's unknown when they'll become operational again. That's exactly a similar echo to what we heard uh, going on over in uh, Ukraine during Notpedia in uh, 2017, right? So if we want to understand how the uh, CCP may be able to affect the American people, uh, examining the fallout of this attack may definitely be one. And one more time, the name of that article from January 31st is Fulton County suffers power outages as cyber attacks continues. Let's go ahead and move on. Says we have one from Dark Reading. Again, from uh, February 1st, it says how Russia's war on Ukraine is impacting the global cybersecurity community. Right. Let's talk about this one, because actually, I think it is. I think from 2017 all the way to now, they've released news that if you're not paying attention to, you may not know what the newest level of attacks are or how cyber war has advanced. So let's go ahead and zone in and see if we can uh, gather some information here. Right. It says Russia's war on Ukraine has entered a new phase based on cyber threat and malign influence activity. When we say influence activity, we're talking about governments and nation state actors trying to gain influence over the states uh over the people of a nation and you might think oh well no they don't do that or this is harder to do than uh than you may think no it's actually really easy it's really easy right we might talk about this in depth a little bit later on um in a longer segment, let me know if that's something you guys are interested in. But what this is talking about, it says uh, some of these threats, uh, threat actions include leaning into cyber espionage operations against the Ukrainian military, its foreign supply lines, as well as targeting Ukrainian allies in Europe and the U.S. Microsoft has also observed influence operations designed to erode trust, increase polarization, and threaten democratic processes yep that is like the russian and chinese uh government ttp both of those governments just love attacking um democracies that people have decided upon taiwan wants to have a free election nope can't have it can't have it right so that's something you want to pay attention to right i would definitely recommend looking into this as you build into your cyber career uh let's go ahead and 
look at some additional ones here. What else do we have? We have a Fritz a Frog Botnet exploits log uh, log for shell on over like overlooked internal host. Right. So this is a good one from February second. One more time. That's Fritz Frog Botnet exploits log for shell on overlooked internal host. Let's go ahead and. Uh, describe this issue a little bit more in depth or see if this article can't uh, help us describe this issue a little bit more in depth it says a new variant of the advanced botnet called fritz frog uh has been spreading via log for shell uh da -da -da -da. it's been more than two years since the critical vulnerability in log for shell was first unleashed onto the earth yet attackers are still making good use of it as many organizations remain unpatched okay so two years and not uh, patching those log4j vulnerabilities. Um, what the fuck, bro? Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, what are you doing? It's time to patch. Patch your shit. There's a hole in your fence. Get the fuck rid of it, right? Um, so Fritz Frog is a peer-to-peer -peer Golang-based botnet. So that's uh, Golang, which is Google's uh, language, and peer-to-peer -peer meaning that it's client-to-client based. So that's one we're going to watch out for and keep our eye on as time continues. Let's see what else we have here. Um, you know what? We can close out with something a little bit more hopeful. So I'm going to leave that article for last, and I'm going to jump to how APT28 is still using NTLM uh, attacks to um, go ahead and get their way into organizations. So NTLM has been since retired by Microsoft, but uh, I said this previously, this is going to open up a long time before we don't see any attacks on NTLM. So do keep those NTLM vulnerabilities in mind. So that's APT28, which is a Russian threat actor, is uh, actively uh, targeting high-value organizations with NTLM relay attacks. Now, on a brighter note, we can leave it on a brighter note, Gen Z, right? Shout out to Gen Z. Those guys and their expectations are coming into the market, and they are changing the way that we're looking at operational technology. Uh, and that operational technology is basically IoT, right? If you guys don't know, there was an executive order, uh, I want to say early last year, uh, probably like the end of 2022 or early 2023, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it could be as early as back as uh, 2021. But this executive order had the president come out and say, we need to do better within our IoT security. Now, if this is in fact the case, Gen Z can definitely be a part of this movement, being that they have higher expectations for the way that the world should work. And we we can utilize those expectations for uh, employers, for governmental organizations uh, to go ahead and meet those expectations and for promises uh, politically to meet those expectations uh, to generate some money so that we can actually hit those expectations. So Gen Z, we're counting on you. Be the hero that we don't deserve, but we need, right? Uh, with all of that, that I think is it. Out.